obviously paid is paid and organic is unpaid, but does that content look the same? It can, it can for sure. I just kind of like, there's so much nuance. It, it goes back to like, well, it depends. It depends. Are you an e-commerce brand or are you selling knowledge products? Like it, it really depends on the, I always say like winning strategies come from the context that you operate in. So I think it's necessary to start this podcast just saying, Mose, thanks for shaving. You finally look. <laughs> you know what? You look, you look I was like thinking good. the other day, this pod, if, if any, like, people always ask like, oh, you're doing this podcast. Like, what do you get out of it? And I was thinking the other day, like, it's just a great reminder to shave sometimes. It's just a mirror. <laughs> go come some, some go weeks without shaving. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go clean this up now. Uh, it's been a while since I think we like last recorded. I Last week was... Uh, pretty much for seven straight, no, five days, five full days over a seven course period, seven day course period was shooting the music video. I was the DP first ever experience on set. It was, uh, what, hold on back up. What's it? What's a DP (laughs) just sounds bad. That does sound bad. Okay. DP director of photography. That sounds fancy. So you just pretty much handle like you know, you make sure the lights are in a certain position. Then you're, you know, putting the tripod on, the camera on. I really sound stupid right now. But what I'm trying to say is you make everything look pretty visually while the director directs the talent and the people who are on screen. And then there's a person who helps me with like focusing and like setting up lights. It was like a full crew and I've never really experienced that. And I never, I didn't think I'd like it. But you don't like people. Okay, I love antisocial, dude. I loved that experience with all these people meeting everyone, like all these cool, like interesting people. Do you think? Okay, question. Do you think that you like working by yourself more on a shoot, or was this? How is this different? Hundred percent. I prefer doing this over by myself when it comes to film digital. I think I'd rather do on my own or like with like another person or a small crew. But there's something to be said about that team environment. It actually felt like a sport. Because you have the producer, you have the director, director of photography. We had a first camera assistant. There was a costume uh, designer, wardrobe um, girl. There were extras, actors. Like it, it, there was a, like a lot of people involved in this. And like that, that team environment. Everyone's talking, laughing, having a good time. Then you know, I have my strict role, and the director has his strict role. Which we, I mean we kind of like morphed role or not him, but I kind of morphed my role where I was like talking to him probably a little too much, which uh, we'll get into, but it was just like, it felt like a team environment. Like you have to trust the people in their roles and you just have to trust that they get it done. And then you just fulfill, like fulfill like your requirements. So like definitely enjoyed it a lot. Do you want to throw any, anyone under the bus? Was anyone just not doing their job? <laughs> No, honestly, it was crazy. Everyone did the job, but we didn't have a first camera assistant who pretty much like pulls focus, like helps with any camera stuff. And she also did a lot of like grip work, which is like lighting. We didn't have that the first three days. That first day we shot for like 12 straight hours, maybe 14. I can't remember exactly. And if she was there, Vanessa Ryerson student, first year of film school, she was incredible shout out if she was there that first day we would have been done like three hours earlier because she came the last two days and we just like zipped through everything it was unreal like unreal um but yeah so 
I shot this uh, this music video uh, alongside this guy Cam Seville, who actually agreed to come on the podcast. He direct wrote and directed the thing. I think he helped. It was, it was co-writers as well. But I'm gonna have him on the pod. We're gonna go through all the the, the biz and what what went on behind the scenes and you know his take on everything. And I think it's actually gonna be interesting. And there's gonna be like a lot of insight and in what it's like to, you know, understand what your role is while not stepping on other people's toes in their role and like how to like work efficiently. I think it's going to be good. Didn't you just say that you were stepping over this guy's toes? I have two questions that that was the first. Did you not just say that you were stepping on this guy's toes? Yes or no? I I definitely (laughs) sometimes said things to him that are not supposed to be said. Oh, you know what I mean? That's like not in like a mean way in like the director of photography doesn't have to worry about that. Oh, like, I was like, how are you cutting this in editing? I, I said, like, where's, like, in the edit, like, how's this looking? I'm like, afterwards, I realized, oh, my God. Like, I, that's, like, annoying to him, probably. Mm. He's probably like, I know where I'm cutting this, you know? Yeah. But I just wanted to ga- give any input based on what he said. Because I'm right. like, if I'm shooting this, maybe, maybe, like, we should try this if you're editing this way. But it's like, he already planned that. And now I'm just fucking crushing his, like, we're just wasting time. <laughs> it's like 10 p.m. Is this why you shot 12 hours? Because you're just constantly going back and forth? No. It's because there was a lot of setups. Like, you're constantly, we had, like, a, a haze machine for, like, the bar. You know, like, you're, like, wafting that every once in a while. Then you got to, like, set up a new light. Then the actors make mistakes or you got to get them all ready. Fucking camera problems. You got to... You know, you're either going on tripod or you're going gimbal. Like, you're just kind of cutting in between stuff. And it can really just eat up time. Yeah. Like, you'd be surprised how fast time goes sometimes on set. And while this is happening, if it's not a camera problem, you're just sitting around doing nothing. Well, no, I was always moving. That's the thing. A lot of other people, they just like, it was hurry up and wait for them. For me, it was like, hurry up, hurry up so we can get these people to stop waiting. Like they've been sitting here for 20 minutes <laughs> or or an hour. Oh my God. Dude, there are some people that I swear to God were sitting around doing nothing for like two hours straight. Jeez. Like waiting because we had some problems and shit. Like, woo! I felt really bad and I was like, let's like, I want to buy this guy a coffee. Like, the next time I see him, you know what I mean? Like, I feel bad. I wasted his time. Well, no, he signed up. No, but he, I don't think he knew. There was no disclaimer, like, by the way, if you do this, like, you might be sitting around for two hours to an hour straight. Like, you have no enough time. Like, you could start a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> you could be the next Monet hair. You could be you could be working on your 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 fletching skill or something. You know, there's so many things. Set up the RuneScape bot and make that money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just I, like I only have did. I have one final follow up. So you, you wait. I need to understand this. You shot 12 hours the first day. How many days did you shoot? Uh, I think. Why did I say that? I was like, uh, um, five different days in a row consecutively yep big word so it was like 4 p.m until 3 30 a.m the first day the oh second my day god <laughs> insane <laughs> terrible but it's fun 
You feel alive. You feel alive. Second one was, I don't even remember the times, but this, the following two days weren't as long. And then the last two days, holy shit. You got, we got there at like 2 PM. We were there until 1.30 AM. And then the next day was like, we got there at like, I don't know. What was it? Five left at three thirty. 345 it was fucked up like i remember i was thinking about i told you i was thinking about you i'm like you would hate this like oh, you're yeah, very I would, much, I would have been gone See you're ya. like Gotta i want to wake up i want to have some breakfast i'm gonna go work out it's like 10 30 11 a.m then i'm gonna do some work then i get to like eat dinner with the family relax bed wake up right you don't want that like oh we're going to this concert to like shoot this thing and like we're working until like three like i don't i feel like would you ever that gives do me that nightmares kind of yeah no that gives me nightmares that sounds but terrible didn't you, didn't you work the night shift at tsn i did this is why it gives me nightmares i i find that like after 12 whatever 12 30 we'll call it you you get past a point of no return and it, it doesn't matter you could get home at one you could get home at four i've done it all it's awful it's terrible you take your melatonin because you can't sleep because you've been staring at a screen for the last three hours. Like, it, it doesn't matter. I think the most the lowest point that I ever got working the night shifts was I would get home and this happened for like a couple days in a row. And I was like, this is it. Like, I got to get out of here. I would get home and then the sun would start getting up. Like I could see it in the Uber ride home from Scarborough. And as I was trying to fall asleep, I could hear people starting their day. I was like, what, am, what are we doing here? Like, I could hear Johnny okay. getting his coffee underneath my building. And I was like, geez. And it, this is going to sound terrible. Maybe we cut this. But I could I could pick out the transition from, like, the homeless people fighting under my building. Because it's, it's a different voice. It's a different kind of vibe. And then you'd have... Because it was aggressive. And then you'd have Johnny and Katie and Mary Sue getting their coffee in the morning. And you could tell they just woke up. Like, oh, I had a real good sleep last night. And I'm just sitting there lying in my bed with my eyes open i'm like i can't fall asleep and it's now like seven o'clock in the morning like i could just start my day now <laughs> awful this is why i have nightmares <laughs> okay i have a very similar story the last day of shooting it was like i got home probably 4 35 wired like wired awake but like I was also really fatigued and tired because on the drive home, like I couldn't really talk to like the guy driving me home. Great guy, Lucas. He produced the, the show or the new music video. Like, I couldn't really talk to him because my mind was all mush, but I couldn't fall asleep. It's awful. It is the worst place to be in the world. So it's, terrible. it's like 5 a.m. I'm like, OK, I guess I'm just going to like go on my computer and like, I don't know, just fuck around. I didn't realize it. 6 a.m. or 530, like 545 rolls around and then like. I hear my door open to my room and my mom walks in. She's like, you're awake? <laughs> so surprised. And you're I'm like, up this early? Yeah, I'm up. And I didn't realize that wasn't her waking up in the middle of the night. That was her starting her day. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't fallen. I've been up for fucking like 24 hours. No, not so true. But like uh, 20 hours or something at this point. But it feels like that. It feels like that. feels like that. Then I'm like, okay. I'm going to bed right now. Like I need to just go to bed now. So I go to like go to the bathroom before I go and all the lights are on in the house. 
So like I'm like <laughs> it just doesn't feel like nighttime anymore. This doesn't feel like nighttime. I feel like I should be awake. I smell coffee. Like I my mom's awake, awake, like yeah. drinking coffee, starting her right. day. I go to the bathroom, come back to my room, and there's like the sun peeking over oh, the, co- the peeking over like the, the the horizon. I'm like, what am I doing? This didn't need to happen, but it it's did. Terrible. So that's a the funny little story. But I I, I kind of want to stop talking about it because there are a bunch of things I do want to like bring up with Cam. I think we're doing it next week because he's at his cottage uh, this week. Um, so I want to leave a lot of the stuff for next week with him. Right. Anyways, moving on. I kind of wanted to pick your brain and talk about this. So, um, as we all know, I, I play video games. I feel like I've brought that up a million times on this podcast. I was playing Counter-Strike last night, having a ball, because I've been watching a lot of pro matches, just like watching like classic classic matches and high-level play. And I've just been like watching and learning. I'm terrible, but like watching and learning. And I realized like how deep this game goes with when it comes to you have to learn how to move properly. You got to learn how to shoot properly. And then you have to learn how to communicate properly. Like there's all three integral like elements to this game. You also have to u- learn how to use like utility, which is like flashbangs, smokes, and all this shit properly. There's so many like elements to it. It reminds me of a sport. And it kind of reminds me of hockey because it's five on five. No line changing, but it's five on five. And it's very like it's an invasion sport. So you're always trying to like take a bomb site. Whereas hockey's you're always trying to keep it in their zone and you're like battling all the time. It's very similar. And what's also similar is among the major esports, CSGO is, it's in there, but it's like the bottom. Like, I mean, I guess not the complete bottom, but like, it's not as viewed as like a Dota, uh, League of Legends. Uh, I can't even think of another one, like Fortnite or whatever. It's not viewed at that same level. It's just like hockey. Hockey's not viewed at that NFL, NBA level, M- MLB level. It's very like minor major of the sports. You know what I mean? So, like, I kind of wanted to talk about, like, if, if a sport goes so deep and their f- fans are so fanatic and so obsessed with it, what is the disconnect between getting new audience members in or having a larger audience? Because I look at Counter-Strike, I look at hockey, I'm like, these are some of the most amazing, like, sporting things to watch, sporting events, esport, sport. Why can't more people get behind this? What's this barrier? And I instantly go, like, content. Like, how can, like, media portrayed in a cool way you know you look at world cup of soccer like commercials like there's so much that makes you hyped for that for those tournaments that maybe it's missing in hockey so like do you think it's content that can change that or do you think it goes deeper it's just like an infrastructural grassroots level of like the sport and you know what regions can play the esport or sport right right i think there's a lot of pieces of it like i think culture is kind of one of those pieces when we were growing up especially like you were such a nerd and loser if you played video games and i think some of the residue of that is still around which is interesting but it's definitely shifted in the last couple years Um, and then the content piece is there for sure as well it's like you can get really tactical and talk about all the ways that content you could produce more content you could you know do user personas and all that fun stuff Um, but i think the piece that kind of underpins it all. And it's something that like you hate them, you love them, you think whatever about them. Barstool, I think, has succeeded in large part because they're willing to, I think create a mess is like a really simple way to say, but they're like, they're not afraid to pick sides and like, 
be controversial. And I think that with where we're at with social, you have to make enemies with some people. Like not everyone is going to like you. And I think the people that get stuck in the middle are the people that don't really go anywhere. And I don't have any examples. I wish I did. So maybe you can jump in and I'll think. Well, of some, I have an but- example of, I mean, Portnoy, I was watching some of these, like some of his like classic moments at Barstool. I think it's a character. A lot of the shit he's doing, it's not real, but like they right. had the Barstool Awards and he was just like carving people that yeah, didn't, they, that his didn't, employees didn't dress up because some of the employees didn't dress up and they weren't like the rich ones. And like some of the shit he's saying and doing, I'm like, oh my God, he's fucking with them. Yeah. But like he's saying he's not kidding and maybe he's not really kidding that much. But like the, the, the stool scene starts with him being like, I'm firing Francis or whatever. Then the full stool scenes goes. You see clips of him tar- carving people. And then at the end, like, I'm talking carving, like, on public radio. Like, him being like, why did you, th- you dress up? Do you not give a fuck about this company? You just take money from it and you don't make it any money? You know what I did to grow this business? You know what I mean? Like, that type of shit? Yeah. Then at the end, he's floating on it. He's floating on an inflatable donut in his pool in Nantucket or some shit actively showing that he's drinking like a, a seltzer <laughs> and he's just like barstool offices in flames people are crying people are screaming they're challenging each other to rough and rowdies it's just another day is present you know what i am not like ashamed of anything like he's had <laughs> exactly. his own spit speech i'm like he lives in chaos he he said i there's chaos and you know it's a bad thing but it happens and you know what uh, I'm someone who can like, you know, live in a burning house kind of thing. Right. So we kind of digress there, but like you do have to, I guess, push the lines and piss some people off. But what does that look like in content? And is it even content or is it just like the way you communicate the message of your league or your sport? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I don't know if I have an answer that fits every single scenario, um, but... I think it starts with just like giving people access. And so if you want to go back to Barstool, one of the things they've done really well is that they they record everything. <laughs> it's like these stool scenes. Have been, you, I think one of the coolest parts about the company, I'm not a diehard stoolie by any means, but you could go back to when it started 20 years ago and they have videos. Like that's that is so cool to me. And so part of getting new people on board is optimizing for the early stage. And I think that really starts with just like get a vlog or get a video out there of what these people are doing, like what goes into competing at one of these tournaments, like follow the people, follow them to their hotel, follow them through their routine. Cause all of that is a mystery. And one of the things that video games definitely suffers from is that there is that disconnect where you look at an athlete in the NFL or in the NBA and you say, there's like, there's no, like, look, I'm, I'm five, 10, 180 there's no chance that i could that i could hang with these guys but i think most people wouldn't say the same about video games they're like oh they play with the controller and they're good but like what separates them from the average person it's so much the gap is so much bigger than most people think um but there's still that disconnect yeah like people think they could be a video gamer but the gap i would argue is just as much as it would be physically to play in the nfl or the nba but you know what the, the the crazy thing is the gap isn't in me, isn't in mechanical skill. It's not in oh I have this aim like I could do this. It's like right. 
their level of brain is it's like banana lands like i'm talking about there's this really famous uh scene which i've watched this clip like a million times because they did like a cinematic to it there's this guy called olaf meister he's like a like a legend right i think it was to win the game or it was like to send them to overtime or something he diffused the bomb at the perfect timing when the molotov cocktail that landed on it would disappear I love Before just he quickly. Hit. I love that no one's gonna understand any of what that means. <laughs> no one's gonna get it. But fuck, a Molotov cocktail is like a firebomb. Throws it on. The, someone throws it on the bomb. He jumps on the fire, but he timed it so perfectly that when he jumped on to defuse the bomb, the fire disappeared right as he hit like zero HP as the bomb defused. So the bomb defused, then he died. Right. So he timed it like perfectly perfectly and there's like a spray paint on the map in counter-strike of like his character like diffusing in a fire it's called like something in flames or something like iconic i don't know why i brought that up what were we talking about content oh, and why people don't brain, understand the brain. gap yeah i was talking about brain like that level of understanding of the game is something that you don't get until you just play forever like right. it's not like you could just get that some people maybe but it's not the like, mechanical skill isn't what sets people apart it's just like the understanding is is wild but to your point earlier you were saying like why don't they just film and do vlogs and show all the stuff so i'm on like this one or team liquid they film all their shit they do vlogs for everything but i don't know if that gets new people in and wh what's very interesting is certain video games similar to certain sports different regions of the world love them so north america and europe are humongous csgo like regions europe is like the biggest in the world it's like really widespread from poland germany sweden finland russia like just superstars america's not as good but they're they're up there but when you go to asia it kind of falls off now, when you look at League of Legends and Dota, it's massive in China. Like, th I believe there's like 200 servers that you can play within. In Canada, there's one in Chicago. <laughs> or sorry, in North America, there's one in Chicago. There's like 200 in China. So like the scale is different per region. So I wonder, I mean, when you look at the NHL, no one plays in Asia, no one plays in Africa or wherever, but basketball's gro growing out there. I wonder... What's more important, building the grassroots or maybe building media and content to gain new fans? Because I just don't, I just don't know. What I think is really interesting about video games to piggyback on that idea is that I think a lot more people would consider themselves gamers today than they would even two, two years ago. Like I would say my mom's a gamer. And she she has her like Scrabble app on her phone, and I hear like do 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 whenever she gets a word right. I'm like, and I asked I her the that. other day, I was like, "Mom, do you think you're a gamer?" She's like, "A gamer? What do you mean?" I'm like, well, I mean, you you play this game every day. You have like three or four on your phone, which is really interesting. I don't think you could say that it, as early as two or three years ago. But esports are different than gaming. Esports is that kind of like next it's notch up the ladder, right? It's hyper like it. I mean, it's not hyper competitive, but it's 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 not as leisurely as that because you're you're actively trying to win. Like winning feels really good, losing really sucks. Yeah. But in COD, losing doesn't really suck. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different also 
interesting to jump in quickly. It's also interesting to see how many friends, and you probably have a bunch too, but I have some friends who are a level up from being a casual player because they played so long, but not good enough to be pros. And it's, it's interesting to watch those people too. Like, are you saying on Xbox? On Xbox, I have one friend who plays PC who's like really, really nasty. And to that point that you're saying where it's like, I think most of the time when I play games, it's kind of this lean back thing where I'm just playing because I want to like talk with friends, hang out, whatever, catch up. But I know a lot of people where it's like it's transformed into this thing that's not this leisurely kind of sit back activity anymore. Like they are like hunched over in front of their screens and they're like, I am going to win this game. Like I need to win this game. So you have all kinds of different user behavior there. Exactly. For me, I'm that way because like I lost all my other competitive stuff from COVID. Right. So I have this now. I probably will lose it when life opens back up. But it is interesting that some people, it's, they just need that competitive drive and it it does, does like facilitate that. I mean, you watch pro, it's mainly in Counter-Strike pro CS players, Counter-Strike players when they like win rounds or get huge kills, like it's like a really loud visceral reaction that I don't notice the same in like other other esports. Like it's this weird, like it reminds me so much of hockey. Like, uh-huh. We should watch we should watch a game sometime, Moe's. You know, you, you totally I would be checked it. out. I'd be on my phone within 30 seconds. Dude, when COVID really when COVID goes away and if you ever come back to Toronto, if there is a CSGO tournament, I'm gonna take you. There's no chance T- unless I was on me. extremely not sober. Unless I took five Sambuca bombs to the face. <laughs> uh, cut that. <laughs> no, maybe leave that in. Well, I feel like it, it It does, like, how do you educate people on, like, what makes this thing so cool? It makes, what makes a game so cool or a sport so cool, like hockey or Counter-Strike? Like, I don't know how much of it is educating versus just getting educating through like media and like content to show it how it's cool versus just make it free to play make it more accessible get it across the world more hand out copies like do demos like maybe it's just a mix of the two but i don't know i just kind of wanted to see if we could fit content in there because you know our podcast spoke the last piece to wrap up which i think is really cool and a good signal for video games is that so many of the games that have come out at when was fortnite released i just guessing here 2017 2017 right and ever since like i think fortnite was this huge moment where the business models of games have moved from we are going to release one title for these kind of bigger franchises we're going to release one title a year um, it's going to be the same gameplay roughly, but it's just going to be reskinned in some way. Like Call of Duty immediately comes to mind. FIFA, NHL, kind of those big franchises where I see a lot of the games being released now don't cost anything to buy um, up front. But there are these kind of like games as services now where all of the money that they're going to make is on those microtransactions. And from an outsider looking in, which is interesting to see again, it's like I know so many parents and kind of older people that would say like, why are you paying $10 to get a battle pass to a game? Or why are you paying a buck 99 to get a certain skin? And I think that as, as a consequence of games being free and the biggest games in the world being free, like these are no small titles. I think that just increases the market for gaming so much, which is interesting to see. I think we're going to see more and more and more gamers moving forward. All right. One last thing. Uh, Will took a intermission, so I had plenty of time to think about this content and video game thing. And I want to say this thing, and it's not exclusive to video games. This is just about businesses and content in general. I think that the, the businesses that come to mind that do content the best 
have the luxury of doing content the best because they're making a lot of money or doing something else really well in another area of business. And the first one that comes to mind is these universities. They've been around forever. And I wouldn't say that any of them do content particularly well with how they get people in the door and how they recruit new students. I think a lot of that comes from the prestige and just the virtue of them being around this long. But the point is like they, for everyone that, and and we've been in this camp too, saying like universities are dead. There's better options out there. You shouldn't sink yourself into debt with all of that being true. I think one of the reasons that universities have weathered the COVID storm and despite all of the predictions of their downfall, one of the reasons these businesses and these, the, the university Um, the universities are so strong is because they charge so much for admissions and you see it other places like in digital. One of the reasons that the Nelk boys have done so well is that they can invest in content. They can hire, I don't know, they're probably up to like 10 or 12 editors at this point, maybe less, but the reason that they can invest in content is because they're doing well in the business in other places. I think that's also true of big organizations like Fortnite I think I saw a crazy stat the other day that Fortnite um, in gross revenue did like, I think just just under 20 million in uh, in 2019. And then between 2020 and 2021, like they're almost up to 30, which is just insane for a video game company. And it goes to show you, like if you're doing really well in other areas of the business, it's kind of that fix all band aid for content, for marketing and for all of the other things that I think as creatives, we put a focus on. I don't think it's all content, it's all marketing. I think a business with really strong fundamentals who are monetizing something at a really high rate is just gonna have a band-aid for all of the other problems that kind of flow downstream. Does that make sense? It makes, it's crystal clear to me because there, there, there is this feeling if you're a company owner that you're like, I want to get this, I want to get a writer doing this, I want to get a videographer doing this, get a photographer doing this, and website guy this. It's like, let's make money, let's get the bare minimums done, and let's make money and set up a, the fundamentals of the business 100% ready. Let's make some money, save it, and then make content, and then go ham. Don't spend that money so fast up front, unless you've planned properly, and built your fundamentals. like. Do you know, do you have a cash flow statement? Do you know what your margins are exactly? Do you know what you've made in the last month, the last six months, last year? Like you need to answer these questions and like get to know yourself and your business more and then start to get into that fun stuff, which will take you to that next level. As much as it is important, it's like, take your time with it. It's just like what Dom said, like don't monetize too early your business. Maybe spend that brand, spend money on brand awareness. Very similar to... I'm going on tangent. DraftKings. DraftKings, I was told by uh, my my family financial advisor was they were in the red for years. They didn't make money at all per month for years because all they did was spend it on advertising. And then they once they hit a certain like threshold of uh, users on their app, that's when they ripped themselves from all like the as much of the uh podcasts and whatever places they advertise and then now they just like stay with their like target market like they hit their market share that they're happy with now they take back focus on the business more they're in the green so 
definitely very interesting to think about that. So anyways, I also wanted to bring up just changing subjects a bit here. Um, JT Barnett at JT Barnett, great follow on Instagram. He runs the Triple Deke account as well as he started Honey House, which is like a TikTok like content house where they just make like content with good looking people. Um, and he interesting guy. He's kind of going down this personal brand, like self-help business guru type type deal. And uh, he made a little video talking just about the importance of organic content for brands because paid ads just aren't working the same way. And on top of making organic content around your product, also developing a product that allows you and facilitates an easy ramp into creating organic content. Now, I commented on his page or on his post and I didn't hear back asking about uh, what 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 stuff, you know, what pages I could follow to see really good organic content. All good. All good. Didn't get back to me. But I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Moe, because you read about the show all the time. Like what... Like what, what is a good example of organic content? Cause you can say all this stuff, but I don't even know what that means or looks like. And I'm sure some of our viewers feel the same way. So organic versus paid, what's the difference? What are they? Paid is anything that you put money behind. It could yeah, be stuff but, that you made. It could be stuff that you outsourced to a creative. What was your question? Obviously paid is paid and organic is unpaid, but does that content look the same? It can, it can for sure. It just kind of like, there's so much nuance. It it goes back to like, well, it depends. It depends. Are you an e-commerce brand or are you selling knowledge products? Like it, it really depends on the, I always say like winning strategies come from the context that you operate in. I think the mistake is that everyone looks at a brand that looks like them or a competitor in their space and says, oh, so Gymshark's selling t-shirts like this and I'm launching my own athleisure brand. So I'm going to start selling t-shirts like this, but you could be to like, it's just two totally different companies. Like you're a company that's just starting out and Gymshark has a bunch of capital and they've had a bunch of money and sales behind them. So that's, I think mistake number one, we just take somebody else's situation or somebody that looks like they're doing similar things to us. And we prescribe the same solution to what we're doing. Um, I would say if you kind of zoom out and look really wide, Paid is always going to be kind of a, I don't want to call it a crapshoot, but I think paid looks really good in the first period. If you think about a hockey game analogy, like paid's always going to look really good because you're just going to drive more people to your page. Um, but if you can do that, then anyone else can do that too. So that's why paid doesn't look so great in the last period of the hockey game, right? Like if, if me and you start a brand on equal footing, we have the exact same skills. We're selling a similar product and I get into paid before you, I might have a huge lead on you because I just drove, we can call it 5000 or $10,000 worth of money, which turned into, just to simplify, we'll say maybe that converted at 50% and now I have 5,000 new people in my funnel. That could look great right now, but if you start running a paid, uh, paid marketing, and you get the same 5,000 people in your funnel and your product is selling at 25% cheaper than mine, then like I still lose in the long, in the long term. Um, but I mean, I, I spent that money. I didn't see any return. So paid is complicated because anyone can compete. Anyone can run ads. Um, and it's why like to this guy's comment, it's like you need, it, it could be organic. You can call it whatever you want. Content, organic, evergreen. I don't care. 
I think the challenge that you're trying to solve for is that you need consistent people coming into the funnel and you can do it with the product. If people talk about your product and share it with their friends and there's a lot of virality there, like when we had Dom on, one of the reasons that he's been able to scale this business to the point that he has is that there was no uh, recovery products in the Canadian market. And once you got one athlete using the product, it was so easy if another athlete came in and said, oh my God, like I didn't know that we had recovery boots or that we could do that. Where did you buy that from? Oh, do you think that you could put me in touch? Like it's so easy to have those loops within the product if there's not a lot of competition. Um, but going back to the question, right? Like th the problem that you're trying to solve for is getting consistent, getting people into your front door of your product, that first mile of the customer experience, getting people into your funnel um, because anyone can compete. And I think nobody gives a shit about a new product that launched today unless it solves a problem. And you can do that with content, you can do that product, you can do that a million other ways, but um, it comes back to solving that problem. And nobody wants to step into any front doors online. Nobody has the time, nobody cares. But what does organic content that's good look like so let's come up with let's do a little thought exercise let's come up with a product right now right. that that allows for content to be created easily video game I'll, I'll answer that video games are a great product um, there's a lot of pieces in them but video games is a great product that lets organic content be streamed out of it because it starts with video there's always video you can clip anything there's this huge base on platforms like Twitch and Mixer and all the other ones um, that let people play for hours. So you're driving people there live. Um, but then you can also split all those pieces of content up to platforms like YouTube and Instagram, and then those can be consumed on demand. So I think there's a couple pieces there. Okay. Um, so let's say, let's make a video game. Let's make it just a shooter video game. How right. do we make organic content around that? Sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. I think, I think it was good. Um, how do you make organic content around that for video games? It's, it is a strange space to be in right now because there are so many different people in that value chain. You have the streamers, you have the competitive players, you have the publishers, you have platforms like steam that nobody talks about. Um, but we're going to look back. This is a hot take. We're going to look back a couple years from now and say like for all of the fanfare that we throw on companies like Apple, Amazon, Twitter, Facebook, like all the big tech companies, all of them missed um, Steam, all of them missed um, Twitch for the longest time, right? Like one of Google's biggest failures is that they were going to buy Twitch for a billion dollars um, and then the deal fell through and it went to Amazon. Um, so part of it's that kind of video games are in a blind spot and that there's a lot of different pieces in that value chain. Um, but if you're looking at how do I do really good organic content for a video game, um, start with who are the big streamers who play games like this how do we contact those people and get them to play our game but isn't that paid because you're paying like what if you pay them to like play your game well that's is different. that now paid i don't think you always have to pay them though like if you have a great product and there's people already starting to play the game i don't think it's crazy that those people would play the game out of the goodness of their own heart like uh what's that fall guys whatever that game was where you could be the like little cartoon that was guy. like a very popular like everyone just played no one was asked i don't think i think it just exactly so you have those kind of like viral loops that come out of nowhere that that's more organic to me um but for video games i think the fundamentals are really easy i think there are three things number one 
um, it's video first. Like all video games have that element where it's video all the time. So it's seamless. Like you don't have to create an asset. You don't have to hire a videographer to create content around the game. Um, and that that's unique to video games. So that's the first piece. The second piece is that there are these platforms that are set up just for video games, Twitch mixed like all the ones that I named. And the third one is that you split that, um, you split right between the middle of on demand where I can watch this anytime I want. And that's kind of everything that we consume on the major social platforms. It's all on demand. You can consume anything you want, anytime you want. Conversely, I think that's why it makes live so important because you can't add it to a queue. You have to actively seek it out. So one of the pieces of really great organic content is that the content that succeeds, I think Barstool is a great example. I think Nelk's a great example. I think Goop is a great example. Funnily enough, I think it's crazy. I just know nothing about the space. Um, but Goop is another example. All of these brands are content that you actively seek out. You make a choice that you need to see that content versus the 99% of the time, the other 99% of the time, you're just kind of getting content thrown to you on a feed, um, which is much different. So the, just to summarize, the three pieces are that people need to see your content. They actively seek it out. Um, two, there's like that split between live and on-demand viewing, which kind of goes into the other piece. And then the first for video games is that it's all video. So it's really easy to just pull that away and uh, use that as marketing. But if we look at it, if we get really, let's let's get specific here. Right. We have a FPS shooter that we're mm -hmm. gonna sell. Right. What does that content look like? Are you getting, are you clipping people playing the game and doing cool clips? Are you reaching out to streamers? Like what does that content look like? Because I feel like you're going big picture. Like what is, like, let's get pragmatic here. What is that first, when you make a list of content to make on like your Notion page for this video game, is it educating with voiceover? Is it talking head videos? Is it highlights of cool plays? Is it, you know, breaking down cool plays that, right. that were done publicly? What does that look like? Um, I would. What is that content? So that, that would be what, the what piece. Before that, I would look at, I would look at emotions. I would, I would say, you know, like on average, I think funny things get shared more than sad things. I think inspirational things get shared more than non-inspirational things um, and things that that make you say, wow, what? Why did that happen? Like the outcry. So I don't know what they would be for video games, but I would look into the behavior of what are people already consuming? Um, I think one of the most interesting things this is just me going on a tangent and trying to gather my thoughts. But um, there's this whole subgenre in Call of Duty on YouTube where people that aren't good at the game like kind of hack around it and they just do funny things like they'll do challenges and set up crazy classes so there's a million different ways that you can skin that cat like there's i don't know if i don't know if you would start with what it looks like to, to be completely honest because it could be a hundred different things and it really depends on like What's the context of the, so it's a first person shooter. How are you going to, you can't be the same as Call of Duty because Call of Duty already, Call of Duty, Fortnite, like the big guys already occupy so much mind space in that category. You have to figure out how you're going to be different. Um, well, Fortnite's so, not a first person shooter, but that's fine. It's a third person. Did you freeze? 
glitch. Uh, no, I, I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about getting nailed on a technicality. Call of Duty, Counter Strike. Call of Duty is an arcade shooter. Counter Strike is a tactical shooter. And then there's like a whole bunch, like Rainbow Six, all these other ones. But where were we? What does good organic content look like? And I, I'd say beyond the tactics of what it looks like, you have to start first with like what context are you playing in? And before well, you get the to the brand of your game, because if you're just funny, then you're attracting the wrong crowd. Whereas if you want to be serious or maybe it could be both. Maybe you can be both. Um, but the piece that under underpins all of it is especially with games, it can't be about the gameplay first. I think there has to be a personality in front of it. And that, think that's why the streamer point this streamer piece is so important if you can get somebody who already has an audience um to fuck with your game like you're just in, you get so much of a head start on everyone else it's, it's a cheat code um and thinking about how you bring out the personality um through people through streamers through um influencers is so important in that category and you talked about emotion and i kind of want to close on this um you talked about emotion and tapping into that when creating content around a product let's say a right. video game i've found personally when i get really attracted to a video game i'm really drawn to like the greatness of a moment like after this podcast i, I definitely want to show you a very short clip from a csgo major like i remember watching that and just being like getting goosebumps and just feeling like i want to like feel that like i want to experience right. that like i want to like it feels like there's so much glory and like rah rah but i get attracted to that same thing with Fortnite when it first came out. I saw people get that Victory Royale and I was like, whoa, I want that gold number yeah. one Victory Royale. Like I want that feeling and that emotion of people screaming. It's just fun. And I think maybe tapping into that element of it, not just like what the game is, but maybe what the game does for you on an emotional level or how does it make you feel right. is a way to make content, which I find really interesting. Just kind I of love that. I'm going to jump in quickly. I think that organic with with organic content it's, it's probably riskier than a lot of people think right if you're going to invest money or time you're going to have to invest a lot of it you're not going to win within the first month i don't care if you're a company with a, a several million dollars behind you or just an upstart trying to bootstrap and figure it out on your own like you need to figure out systems that are going to let you win on uh on a time span that's that's closer to two to five years versus just month to month and that's really different than hiring a videographer or a graphic designer to do a one-off project which is a piece that i think a lot of people miss um and then the kind regardless of the tactical approach that you take the big piece is that like nobody walks nobody wants to try something new these days we already have so much Everyone has their default. I don't know what yours is, but if you think about YouTube and the video game content that you consume, you have streamers, you have personalities, you have kinds of videos that you like. Like Nobody wants to go through the trouble of finding somebody new. So to get people in the door, the three kind of big behaviors that I think about, and this isn't my thought, this comes from somebody else, but um, the fundamental truth that this person, um, this person likes to hit on is that everyone is lazy, vain, and selfish. So in the first five to 10 seconds of watching a video, the first five to 10 seconds of touching a product or landing on an Instagram page, like somebody has to, there needs to be something that clicks in that person's mind that says, whatever this person is selling this brand, this is for me. And I think you would start with 
the lazy piece, how do you make people feel like they're making progress? The selfish piece is how do you make people look good? And then the vanity piece is like, how do you make people look better or that they've achieved some social status? And just using that example with the Fortnite thing that you brought up, like when Fortnite first came out, every single person wanted to see that victory royale thing. Because it, 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 it's a piece of social status that says you are better than 99% of, yeah. of other people in the game, right? So those are the three big ones for me. Like nobody's going to go indoors. So figure out how to make people look good, how to create a sense of momentum or progress, and how to make people get some piece of social status that's important within that subculture. That reminds me of jujitsu and why it's so addictive. That's what many people have said. You're exercising, so you feel great after it. You're learning a new skill, so like you're learning and progressing at something, and you're rolling with, you're sparring and training with other people, and you're in very close proximity, so you talk, and you get that social environment. Those are three pillars of life, exercise, health, learning, socializing. That Those are like the three core pillars, I think, make almost any human on earth happy, depending on your predispositions and whatnot. Similar to what you're talking about, it's these are like three pillars that make people feel like they want to get involved. Right. And you need to like hit those three to to let people, you know, to just suck them into your world. Right. I love this. So I, I think we should end this podcast here. It's been great. Um, usually I close at the podcast, so I'm going to put Mo's in the hot seat here. This happens think, from time to time. I'm sweating already. I have no clue how to do this. I think it is his second time. He did it one time with a guest that I couldn't make it for and it was brutal. So let's get another, let's get a take two here, Mose. You got to touch on, you know, where to follow us, our YouTube and everything and uh, sign us out, buddy. Listen, we, we go through a lot of work to get these podcasts up on YouTube. I'm going to be honest, it's probably ads an hour, maybe two, every single time we do it. I, I don't know why we still do it. I'd be completely fine if this is audio. This is a shot at Will, but he's on his phone, checked out, so it's fine. But yeah, like I said, you can follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram. Um, that's where we'll be posting the most. Um, What's it called? I have a, I'm trying to close this, but I have some chicken parm waiting for lunch. Um, oh so that's God. really where my mind's at. Um, but that's all. We post weekly. Um, really good stuff uh, and we appreciate all the support so so, so where do they listening. follow us at at render and repeat podcast yeah everywhere. follow us on all platforms check out the YouTube all, I gotta save Mo's it's fine I'm back baby see you guys next week ciao Bell. <laughs>